I think it's time. That's what, that's what I've kind of come to is like, let's reframe this. Like, let's, let's stop pushing away and stop. It's almost like a kid defying their parents when their parents say like, Hey, you know, you should do this. It'd be good for you. You shouldn't do that. It'll be bad for you. And then we're like, no, I'm going to do it my way, you know, but like, we shouldn't defy our elders and, and our, and the ancients uh, who gave us wisdom, so to speak, as though, Oh, like we know better now. Like that's yeah. very much a very uh, ignorant, naive thing to do. You know, it's like, well, what do I know about what, you know, you know, maybe there's some, cause I believe we're not just connected in this time to all, to each other. Um, and then we actually see the world a lot more alike than we see it differently but that our ancestors saw it a lot more alike than we do differently as well. And that we're connected to them in a greater way than we realize. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are doing another episode. This one, we title these things. You know, I was just thinking about that, Evan. <laughs> this is kind of the thing about our show. We actually sit around and we think of some fancy title. And it's just actually just dawned on me how kind of that's funny. Like we're, you know, like, but this is part of how Evan and I work. We're we're, we're, we're trying to go like, okay, there's a lot of things to talk about. What do we talk about? Where do we direct this? And um, we come up with some title, which often doesn't quite give you the, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't give you any clarity on what the hell we're about to get into, um, which is probably true for this moment. But uh, this one's called The Things We Need to Hear Most. And I really enjoyed the conversation we had leading up to this. And maybe the title doesn't really clarify what we actually talked about, but we're going to get into it. And there's been some interesting insights, I'd say, that we had this week, which kind of got us to this point. But I think the the main message here, just to kind of clarify, I guess, what we're trying to talk about is that, well, you can you can add your part, Evan, but I'll say this is the way I'm interpreting it. We have these, these wisdoms that we learn in our life. And almost like advice that we would give to someone else. And that's the advice we often need to follow ourselves. That's the advice we need to pay attention to, we need to listen to. And sometimes we just need a chance to check in with ourselves to get that advice, to be able to like recognize that, hey, you know what? Maybe I already have the answer inside of me if I just take a moment with myself and ask some questions and listen and maybe pray or maybe um, meditate, whatever that might be for you. You know, maybe it's just get out in nature and or get away from all the distractions. And as a as an artist, you know, you 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 know, you might be learning your craft or whatever you're doing, you might really enjoy it. But at some point, I think for all of us who do anything in arts or even entrepreneurially, we're we're trying to figure out how to do something that is unique, something that's new, something that is a different offer. And the only way that you're going to be able to find that is really by checking in through you and figuring out what you want to do. And before I pass this on to you, Evan, I, I want to share a story. I know you've seen this video and it's a very famous video. 
And it's worth people checking out, but it's by Simon Sinek. And he talks about business and he talks about how every business has a what they do, a how they do it, and the why they do it. And what's problematic for most businesses is they talk about what they do, and then they'll tell you how they do it. And then finally, they might get to why, but the why is just almost irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about, in the talk, he talks about Apple and how the reason why Apple's so successful is because Apple talks about why they do what they do. And then they tell you how they do that. And they just, and what they do is they just happen to sell computers and phones and things mm -hmm. like this. And so when you're doing anything, I think creatively, or you're building anything new in the world, what you do is almost not as relevant as why are you doing it? And the why is such a deep question and you really got to dig into it. And I, I feel like part of this conversation resonates with that. And I just wanted to bring that in. It's mm. kind of maybe a reference point, but I'll pass it on to you. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, well, I think that that question of, of you know, the why that it's an interesting thing that you're referencing into this because, yeah, I think it's it to me, it simply speaks to that aspect of really beginning to hear ourselves clearly, really hearing our lives clearly and the direction that our lives want to go. You know, I, I think that that's, I mean, it's a big part of an artist's journey in terms of finding your voice is kind of the cliche that, that we hurl around for that. But I think in terms of, you know, figuring out what our lives are all about, I think that that is a huge part of it is, is understanding that that deep voice and and what are the things that we need to hear are the things that bring us that kind of clarity because there are so many there are so many things going on in our world you know there's so many big motions and movements which yes we're certainly a part of and 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 we need to be aware of, but I think that so often and, and probably to a certain extent, unnecessarily, we get, we get too caught up in certain things that just confuse us from our gifts, our strengths, our calling purpose. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, whatever words resonate with you the most there's there, but there's so much stuff flying around. And we're so often looking around for someone else to give us answers to things, to help us understand who we are, right? And it's it's a weird thing to think of that. It's like we're looking to other people to tell us who we are. And very often I we can look at our own actions and how we're going about things and see that how in how many different ways some more obvious and some more subtle that we're actually doing this in our lives all the time looking for someone to give us answers to things and as you were saying off the top of this very often and this is a bit of insight into the podcast i think as well at least at least from my from my end of things very often 
the stuff that I'm saying, or maybe not even just in this podcast, but in, in conversations I have with friends and family and, and when people are going through a challenging time and, and, you know, we're getting into a deep conversation or I'm trying to help somebody out very often, the things that I'm saying while I am trying to say something that might be helpful or bring clarity to another person, very often the things that I'm saying are, are messages that are just as much for me. There are things that I'm almost constantly trying to remind myself of because there are areas that I struggle with. And, you know, that's a, (laughs) that's probably a bigger part of this podcast than a lot of people might realize is how much of the things that I say that are actually for me. (laughs) Mm. I mean, not just for me, but like they're, they're just, I think that, that when we are trying to find wisdom or discover some form of wisdom, we circle around things that have connected with us the most, right? And the things that connect with us the most are usually because that's an area we have a tough time. You know, and, and so we need, we need as much as we can get to help us with that, with that thing. And and so that often becomes the thing that we start speaking out. So, yeah, I think that that's, that's a really interesting thing is, is sometimes paying attention to the things that we're saying as opposed to what other people are saying and just go, are there things that keep on coming up and the things that, that we are saying to others? And what are those things and why do those things keep coming up? Because I think that that has a lot to say in terms of the things that we're working with, right. And the things that we're working on and are fantastic ways for us to actually connect more with ourselves as opposed to seeking someone outside of ourselves to, to give us those answers. So I I know I said a lot of things here, but I'm I'm excited you you brought up some things as well like uh, around like prayer and journaling and I'm excited to get into all of that stuff especially because some of those words can be I hate to use the word triggering I wish I had another word that I could use but you know they could be words that 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 make people's skin make people's skin crawl a little bit and maybe put it that way but uh and I am well aware of some of the irony as well in terms of part of some of the things that I <laughs> I'm saying, and that we're getting into for this conversation being a podcast that people oftentimes listen to (laughs) searching for some sort of, you know, perspective answers or, or whatever. And, you know, I think that we always strive on this show, not to just provide answers for things because life doesn't really work like that. There's no, there's no clear cut answers to anything and it's more so about like let's have the discussion let's explore and continue to explore and discover and and change and shift and all of these things you know it's it's being part of the movement of it all so i'll leave it there because i've said a bunch of stuff brandon so i'll hand it back over to you Hmm. yeah i mean uh i think the word prayer is is probably one of those words that gets people sensitive these days and they tie it back to religion and and all of that and there's for some people i know they have connotations i know at one point in my life i did quite 
I had a I had an aversion to certain words. You know, there were certain words like prayer or spirituality or you know God. You know, things like that. They were they were um they were difficult for me to navigate because one of the big things for me is I didn't want to get caught into groupthink and I didn't want to get caught into being pressured to do anything that, you know, and I didn't want to be guilted. And look, if you're one of those people, like I a hundred percent relate <laughs> and you shouldn't be, honestly, you shouldn't be ever guilted. You shouldn't be pressured, you know, none of, none of that stuff should happen. So if words are, you know, if they're bringing up something for you, um, you know, all, all I can say is just like, sometimes good words get, um, I want to say they get negative connotations or, or they get kind of poisoned in our minds because they're not used the right way, but it's not the word's fault and the word still carries power mm -hmm. and you shouldn't let, um, the outside world control you like that. So my my suggestion for anybody if a word that we do say during this podcast because i guess we, we're going to dabble into that is you know try not to take it out on us and try not to take it out on the word the word is still powerful and whatever your world around that word is you know that's what needs to be called into question not the word itself so yeah, the relationship to the word yeah exactly and like to me the word prayer was one of those words that I had to, you know, I had to navigate and I had to work through, but, you know, I'll bring up this thing I talked about in another episode where they call it spelling because it casts a spell. And, you know, there are spells that you get to cast with the words that you have available to you. And really you can, you know, in a lot of ways you could argue that you can only cast spells based on the words that you have. So, why deny yourself a very powerful spell that could help you and heal you and clarify for you and do all these wonderful things for you just because someone used that spell maybe in a way that wasn't so good at one time. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It doesn't make the spell bad. It just makes the way they used it bad. And you should separate things from that. Like, for example, you know, you could use the word knife. You know, some people use the word, use knife to cut their steak, to, to do surgery, to do wonderful things. Some people use it to hurt people. Um, mm -hmm. Does it make the a knife a scary thing and a bad thing in and of itself? No, but used appropriately, it's it's a powerful tool. So when we're talking about words, if, if you ever feel triggered, you know, on this podcast with, you know, something we use like prayer or whatever, you know, God, for example, that that's a very sensitive word for me. And, people and i get that and and not just not people who say don't even believe in god sometimes people it's like well my god you know and this god's no good and you know there's all these very varying things so look at the end of the day your version of it is all that really matters and if people are misusing something out there don't let them strip you of it just because they have been abusing it or maybe mm -hmm. you saw it abused or whatever that's just some some advice I would say, you know, cause I do feel like, you know, you're saying we need to hear what we would say. I think sometimes I need to hear what I have to say right now. But a lot of the time when I speak, I always try to think of myself when I was younger, particularly at 16, cause I was so lost and so confused at that time in my life and just kind of like, 
what the fuck is going on in this world? Like, <laughs> I thought I understood it. Now I don't. Yeah. So when I look back at that young kid, I try to almost speak to him and be like, this is what I would tell myself back then. I would say, hey, man, like, look, the word prayer and God, you know, those aren't bad words. The way they've maybe been used, the way you've seen them maybe used, the way they, you know, things that you feel like you've experienced in your life, maybe those weren't so good. Try to separate the the action from the thing so that you don't just say, oh, this is all bad because you're doing yourself a disservice. Imagine if you just said knives are bad, period. And, you know, at any time you wanted to do surgery, no one could ever use a knife because knives are bad. You know, now all of a yeah. sudden there's this very valuable tool that could help and save a life but you can't use it because you deemed it all bad. So, you know, just words are very powerful and people don't realize it. Cause if you're getting triggered by a word, just think about that. That's a word. It's just a word. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's almost nothing, but it's everything. And it can be so meaningful to us. Like, and we have to yeah. keep that in mind as we're going through and navigating this conversation, I guess, and maybe all conversations really. Yeah. I, words are like, as you're saying, like, it's just a word, but at the same time, it also carries with it that it's not just a word as well. <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah. And, and it's interesting, like uh, I'll keep, I'll keep on with sort of like almost that spiritual side of things. And in, in terms of an example, because what that makes me think of is, you know, you, you said the word, you said the word God, and that's a word that, you know, just really, doesn't sit well with a lot of people and with a lot of people it's a you know it's a perfect word it's a it's a comforting word it's a you know it, it has all these different meanings to to different people and it's interesting because you know we need to keep finding different words for things right and particularly with with very important things to us and i think that something like the word god is one of those those words because for a lot of people it's like that word just has nothing but negative comes with it with nothing but negative experiences expectations feelings memories whatever it is and what happened well one thing that happened was the new age movement right and the new age movement came with it you know like despite where all the influences that that were behind it it came with a, a whole new set of language, right? So suddenly someone comes along and describes it's like, oh, it's the universe, right? There's this incredible universe that we're all a part of and da-da-da-da-da. And if you actually boil it down, like the, the definition of how a new ager would use, might use the word universe is what another person would say. It's like, oh, you mean like God, right? Like that's, and they're talking about the same thing, but it's just mm -hmm. for... Some people it's like, oh, I can use the word universe because that actually, it doesn't come with all that baggage, but it still fulfills that important thing that underlies the whole thing. It, it, it allows me to, it allows me to think about, to talk about, to investigate into something that's very important and meaningful in a way that I couldn't do it before. Right. So like that's. I think why we continue to find different words because there's a lot of people who they hear that new age speak now, right? And they're just oh, like, yeah. oh, that makes my skin crawl. I can't stand it, right? Uh, and we keep on finding 
different words. And, and so, you know, that, that's even in one thing in, in my, in my book, one of the first things I had to address because I very much, very quite directly am talking about spiritual matters in it and, and how that pertains to an actor. And one of the very first things I, I went into there is like, let's, here's a bunch of words. I just came out and I didn't even cover probably even close to how many words there are for this thing that we might call spirit or God or all of these things. But it was like, Hey, use whatever, like, this is the word I'm going to be using in this book, but please like find a, like substitute that in your mind with the word. If this is just too, like, if it doesn't allow you to enter into this, into this conversation at all, you know, use mm-hmm. the word that, that, that works for you. And so maybe this is a good time to talk about this thing of prayer. <laughs> because I think that prayer, in terms of this conversation with the things that we need to hear the most and connecting to that voice that we have inside of us that that speaks with clarity, right? I think most of us can think to an experience that usually happens out of some feeling of really incredible solitude where you suddenly were able to, you, a, a thought entered your, your, your head or a, a voice, however that, however that felt to you. And suddenly it's like you just see some sort of problem, challenge thing in your life with absolute clarity and it it's this inner voice that spoke to you in some way Mm. with such power and so in terms of connecting to that voice i think that this thing of prayer (laughs) is i'm not going to say it's necessary for everyone per se but I think that as we might be getting into, there's a lot of different forms in which we can actually look at what prayer is because, you know, most people hear the word prayer and it's like, okay, I'm getting down on my knees and I'm putting my hands together and I'm, you know, putting my head down and Hey, I'm not knocking that. I, I, there's, there's a lot that I actually understand about how that Mm -hmm. functions and why that, why that movement is powerful for a lot of people. And so I'm not going to knock that at all, but there's a lot of different ways in which we engage with that. And I I know I'm speaking a little bit here. I'll hand it off to you in a second, Brandon. But one of the ways in which I try to describe prayer to someone who is not as spiritually inclined in the way that they think about things. But for me, the way to think about prayer is like, okay, well, it's this, it's this moment in time you know, out of your day where you are intentionally interrupting the pattern of your day, of where you're placing your mind, of the things that you're thinking about. It, it, you inject this part in the day where you grant yourself permission and access to acknowledging some of the deepest, most private things that are going on inside you, in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, whatever that is to you, where you give that some attention and you hear that thing. And 
you express it, even if only to yourself. But you give yourself that permission to do that because it's something that you can't even say to anybody. Maybe not like things, things that you very often you can't say to your to your best friends, to your to your spouse, to whoever it is. It's a place where you can do that in complete security and safety. And I think that that's the power of that thing. And But there are many different ways in which we can achieve that result without necessarily that motion of, you know, getting down and bowing our heads and all of that kind of stuff. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll leave it there. And as far as, but I wanted to just maybe, yeah, set the stage a little bit for what is, at least for me, what is prayer actually about? What is it actually doing and how does that actually function in a more pragmatic kind of way in our lives? Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I'd like to mention is, you know, something I've I've learned about prayer and, and just a way of looking at it because, you know, that whole sitting down on your knees or getting down on your knees, putting your hands together, looking up to the sky, you know, whatever that might be for you. Um, you know, some people might think, well, that's, that's just such a, it's just such a big deal, but the whole, like try to understand where people come from it. Cause we're all doing the same things. Ultimately, I think what people don't realize is that we just have a different way of doing it. So something that I learned about prayer, when people do these kind of almost, um, they have like this, like, um, this, uh, way that might seem weird to you. There's a certain amount of going at it with kind of a real respect. I've, I've talked to people about this and it's like, like, for example, if you can just bridge with me for a second and just imagine in someone's mind, they, they are looking to God, right? Maybe to you, it's the universe, whatever, but they're looking to God, this, this, to them, a creator who maybe has granted them this life and given them this option to live and, you know, and, and granted them free will and, and, and put also, um, thorns and roses and everything in, in, in the whole environment. And so they might be coming to that God of theirs with the utmost respect and saying, listen, you've granted me this life. You've given me this opportunity to, to speak with you and to connect with you. And that, and they, they truly have seen miracles in their lives. You know, they really have made that connection and they're going at it with the utmost respect to say, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I want. And they're not doing it from an entitled place. They're not doing it from like, you should just give me this because I'm here and I want to be happy. Like to them, they're looking at it going like, I appreciate the lessons of the hardship that you've given me. And they're, and they're saying like, um, you know, maybe can you give me mercy? Maybe can you give me grace? Maybe can you help me achieve this thing that I really want or help me see why maybe it's not right for me. And so if you were to think about it in terms of even a, even a parent or somebody that was just like, had your fucking back, somebody that just was there, that loved you, that was trying to take care of you. Would you go to that person and arrogantly just say, Hey, give me this. Or might you go to that person and say, you know, you've done so much for me, Evan. I really appreciate all the guidance and all the things that you've done, you know, and, and I really like asking for any more is almost ungracious, but I really, I want this. Can you help me figure out how to get it? You know, and, and you might, 
receive that in a way that feels appreciated and feels, yeah, man, I'll help you out. No, no, no worries. Mm -hmm. But people come at their God like that. They come at it that way. So, you know, so if I was talking to one person and they, and they had a certain belief system, I wouldn't judge their belief system. I would embrace their belief system and I would use the words they use. So if they wanted to use the word God, if they wanted to use the word universe, I would use that word with them because that's how they connect to it. And, you know, and just so you know, the person talking about universe and the person talking about God, we're all talking about the same thing. And it doesn't really matter because people go, well, you know, do you believe there's a universe? And they go, well, yeah. And it's like, okay, so you can see universe and you go, yeah, I look up, I see universe. It's like, okay. And then you say, well, you tell people they can't see God, but they look up at the universe and they see God too, but they call it God and you call it universe. What's the difference? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. this is one of those things where we need to stop using words to separate ourselves and we need to go, oh, I see you use the word God. I use the word universe. We're talking about the same thing. We're talking about essentially the same ideas here. And then mm -hmm. people get, will get caught in the nuances. Well, you, you know, you're saying I have to do this and I have to do that and whatever. It's like, look, at the end of the day, you don't really get to tell anybody what to do, but you can advise them and say, hey, look, you know what? This is going to be better for you. This is going to be worse. Like I can tell people all day and I'll tell you this from personal experience. Don't steal. And people will still mm -hmm. steal. And I can tell you all day that it's like, listen, you never get away with it. I can promise you that theft, you never get away with it. And also speaking poorly behind someone's back, you never get away with it. Someone always knows. And it's the higher version of you, whatever you want to call that. Something, something you always knows. You never get away with the bad thing. And I can, you know, I can try to make a point as to why that is. But if you look at like, a lot of these wisdoms and stuff that a lot of us reject and we fight against and we go, I don't want to be controlled. It's yes, you shouldn't be controlled and you shouldn't be manipulated by anybody to like be under their thumb or let them have power over you. But if it's good for you and you can connect why it's good for you, then it's not a bad rule to follow because it's a rule that's helping you. So, you know, you shouldn't do something just because someone tells you, hey, do this or don't do that. One of the things about, say, theft, which is so bad for people, is they don't realize the cost because they think they got away with it. And so someone like myself who says, look, guys, don't steal. People go, well, whatever. Like, who cares? I got away with it. No one knows, blah, blah, blah. The thing is, what I'm going to tell you is, you know. And, and the fact that you know there's cost that comes with that. And so like, we can, we can kind of go back and forth and go like, well, is stealing okay? When is it okay? Whatever. We can get into the moral philosophy of all that. But at the end of the day, I mean, we all kind of look at it and we go, look, stealing isn't really good, is it? Yeah. And, and you're going to have to dig into why it's not good. And if all you want to do is just go, I wanted it, I'm going to take it because it's an option. Well, that's the world you live in. You live in a world where people just take what they want when they want it. And it's a double-edged sword. So yeah, you got the benefit when you got it. But remember, you're living in a world where people will steal from you too. That's what you're creating. So, you know, you you create, you know, they, there's a saying I heard a, a friend say to me once, is that hell is not somewhere you go, it's something you carry with you. 
And, and I always try to think of that when I think of, you know, old time wisdoms, you know, let's, let's call them old time wisdoms. Cause we all kind of agree. We're all like, yeah, don't steal. Don't, you know, don't murder. Don't do this shit. And yeah. we don't always know why to the deepest level, but we're like, yeah, do this. Don't do that. It doesn't make you religious and it doesn't make it a bad thing because some religion is telling you to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, these are, there's certain wisdoms and, and you might need to connect to why you do or don't do these things, why you pray or don't pray, but like, don't just don't do it because it's like, Ugh, like, I don't like that these people do it, you know, because maybe you do it and you don't realize it. You just do it in a different way. Yeah. It's interesting. You bringing up the, you know, the whole thing about theft, like don't steal and those kinds of things. And it's interesting because I I think about people who I've known throughout my life who are people who would steal, you know, things that a lot of us would consider, you know, kind of trivial or something, or, you know, just, just characters who, <laughs> who, yeah, like they're, they're constantly skirting the, you know, that, that line of, I guess, ethics in a way. And these were all people who had a lot of very good and justified reasons to why they were allowing themselves to do this thing, right? And and why they were giving themselves the permission to do something that's, yeah, like not like stealing, right? And it's like, okay, you know, I, I, I hear your reasoning behind it all. But one of the things that, occurs to me about all of those people who I've known is that these were pretty high conflict people. Like there was always, there was always something going on in, in this, in these people's lives, you know, some problem conflict, some issue that they were having to confront and were usually very sort of, uh, irritable people, very, very, reactive could just get you know fly off the handle on on a comment and so it's i'm it's interesting what the point that you're bringing up because like yeah it's like i've actually seen just in my own personal experience that people who who are generally who are generally engaged with those types of things they are kind of carrying around this hell with them they're they're not as peaceful as people who generally like aren't engaged in in stuff like that right like there's there's a price to pay and living in a higher state of irritability in your life is you know that's that's a less enjoyable happy life to be engaged with right so well there's 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 other consequences that come with sometimes these actions that we don't we don't foresee like Mm -hmm. um you know, just while we're on the stealing topic, it lowers your self-esteem, in my opinion, because what it tells you is that you can't get it on your own. And think about that. Like, it, it's a belief system because, like, I've stole before and, you know, in my ignorant stage of being unaware of what theft actually did to me, and it caused more damage to me than it caused to anybody and and once I realized that, that was a big part of the reason why I didn't want to 
want to ever steal again. But also I learned that like, look, if I can earn it and get it myself, I have a self-esteem. I believe in myself. I, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm going to find a way to, to earn it, to get it. And I'm never going to feel bad about having it. I'm never going to feel like it wasn't mine because I figured out how to get it in a way that was, that was, that was right. That was good, you know? And I don't know if you've been stolen from, but it sucks. And when someone steals from you, you know, you, you go, oh man, like I earned that. Like I, I, like that was mine and someone just took it from me. You know what I mean? And so you, you also, it's, it's an empathy building exercise when you steal and you recognize that there's damage that you're causing in in people, there's hurt you're causing that alone might stop you from doing it. You know, the same with lying, like lying is another one. Like lying is very tricky because we, 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 we justify lying. Like, Oh, I want to protect people. And there's tact and there's all sorts of ways in which we can look at there's nuance. Let's put it that way. But if you lie and you think, Oh, I got away with that. You didn't get away with it. I'm telling you, like, it's Mm going to catch up to you. And, and I've lied before and I'm embarrassed about it now. Like I've done it and it's stupid. I look at it and I'm like, Brandon, I, but I, at the time I honestly thought I was getting away with something. You know what I mean? But the thing is, even if you do get away with it, you don't, you don't ever get away with it. You know, you lied. And what it does is to me, I think of us as built on a foundation. And when you, whenever you build yourself up on the foundation of a lie, you built yourself up on a card, like, like a house of cards. And it doesn't take much to get that blown over, to get that knocked down. It's not sturdy. It's not solid. So if you keep lying, you're going to build yourself up and you might be like, Hey, look at me. I'm so great. But that can get knocked down so easily. And what's going to happen is when you get to the top of whatever mountain you're trying to climb, if it's based on lies, you're going to be very, very insecure. And to me, that is hell. To be on the top of a mountain that that is not solid, that you can't count on, that you can't actually have confidence in, that is a scary place to be. Because the, the bigger the mountain and the more lies it's built upon, the harder the fall. So... Don't lie at all. Always try to tell the truth. Always try to earn it. Don't steal. These are these are wisdoms and advice that I would pass on to you that are things where, you know, you might not be able to see the bad thing in, in you know, I guess we're talking about moral philosophy to some degree right now, but like you might not be able to see the bad thing. But if you've ever been told, hey, this is bad, don't do it. Look into that. Like, don't just judge it and be like, oh, I don't want to be controlled. Look at it and go like, well, why is this bad? You know what I mean? Like really think that out where like, if someone says, Hey, it's really good. If you like brush your teeth every day and you like take care of yourself and you know, you know, you do these things, ask yourself, well, why is that good? What, what, why would someone be saying do that? You know, but I do Mm -hmm. feel like there's a lot of stuff around. We already know what we need to do, but the problem is, is we're not doing it. And part of that is because we're even defiant to our own wisdoms. We're even defiant to ourselves. And I don't think you should do something simply because someone told you to do it. But sometimes, you know, like if, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a fine line because it can be taken advantage of, you know, so you kind of got to like, look at it and be like, I'm not going to do it because they told me, 
I'm I'm going to find some good in it for me and I'm going to do it because I found some good in it. And with everything you do or don't do, you should look at it that way. Is there good in it? Is there bad in it? And weigh it out for yourself. And that will help you navigate a life that is a little bit more, you know, just better for you, you know? Um, look, I have nothing to gain or lose. You do what you want to do. I mean, you know, but we're trying to talk about, we're trying to talk about some of these things on this podcast about how to help people just, I just want people to live a happy and fulfilled life because I want to do the same. And so when I share this advice, I mean, at the same time I share it with someone else, it's a reminder to me. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good remember. That's, that's a good reminder that I remember that, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, um, you know, if you, if you ever have the inclination to lie or the inclination to steal, look at the insecurity that that's based upon, right? Because like, if you're going to lie, then maybe you're looking for validation you don't think you can get by earning. And maybe if you're going to steal, you don't think you can earn something that you could, you know? And so maybe question like, why don't I believe I could just get this on my own? You know, cause that's a much better question. If you just steal, mm -hmm. then you're going to, you're going to dodge the chance to investigate that. Hey everybody, this is Evan, and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way, and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Yeah. Or why is it that I think that I need this? Even sometimes, you know, there is... Another really good question. You know, there's there could be all kinds of questions that to, to raise in terms of why you feel you need to compromise yourself your ethics, your integrity. And again, we can, we can convince ourselves of anything and fool ourselves of nothing, right? Like, and it's the justifications that we can come up with for what is ultimately bad behavior or something that we, that goes like, I, I don't want to say this is like some universal principle or of, of ethics or anything like that, but things that we know, Things that we know deep, deep down, we're like, yeah, no, I should not be doing this. This is not a good thing for me to be doing, you know, and asking questions around, okay, so why is it that, that you are trying to justify doing this? And is that necessary? What's, yeah, like, just investigating what is behind this whole movement that is going on that, that I'm even in this position? at this moment where I'm seriously thinking about doing this. There's, I want to, I want to kind of shift gears uh, and come back to something. Yeah, it was a good tangent. Yeah, no, it was, it was, I liked it. It was a good tangent. I'm glad we went, we, we followed that one down. I wanted to, to come back to this thing of prayer and in, in a way read, defining what how we think of that thing of prayer in in yeah in like a new sort of 
I guess with this conversation as to like, okay, so this is, it is a, it is a motion. It is uh, an action. It is a doing of some kind that is that pattern interrupt that, that gives you an opportunity to, so to hear that thing that you need to hear the most, to connect to that true thing of who you are. If we think of it more so in those terms, one of the things that strikes me is that for an artist, your art is your prayer. Creating art for many people is a kind of prayer because it allows for you to go into something. The, the artist is very, you know, I think that one of the, there's a misconception very often about art and artists that an artist just has this completed idea formed in their, like completely formed. And then they just put it out there and they're like, yes, I'm sending this message to the public, to the, to my audience at large, and I'm going to deliver this message to them through my art. And certainly there is, there can be, and, and is, and it's an important aspect of a type of intention to what you're doing. But the idea that that whole thing is completely understood, that it is completely formed before the, the thing is, is created is a pretty big, I think, illusion about what's going on there. The artist very often is entering into some sort of project, is called towards some type of story message that they don't fully understand. And they're going into it as an opportunity to understand this thing and to understand why this thing is so important to them at this moment in time, right? And so in many ways, the creation of the art is a form of prayer. It is this engagement where it's like, I'm trying to hear this thing. I'm trying to understand this thing. Why does this thing want to be said? Why does this thing want to be expressed? And why does it want to be expressed through me? Why is this important to me? You know, and, and so when you're seeing any art in any medium, very often that's like that, what you hear and what you get as a finished product is like, is a thing that was, that is actually filled with questions. It is filled with questions. It's filled with wonderings and it's filled with wanderings and it's filled with all of these things that eventually reaches a point that says like, okay, like here we go. Like I, there's something has, you know, maybe something has been arrived to, maybe something hasn't entirely been arrived to. Right. And, and there's a, a place for all of that within the artistic medium, but art itself ultimately is the point that I'm trying to make is that art itself could be looked at. I won't say it is, I won't put that on anyone, but like you, we could look at it as a form of prayer just as you know, you like Brandon, I know you've got, you've been journaling for like what, 11 years, 10 years, 11 years, you know, that could be looked at as a form of prayer. 
hiking in the woods, getting out into nature can be looked at as a form of prayer. You know, like I think that for so many of us, we can look at something that we might already be doing in our lives and see it's like, okay, so what is it about that thing that you go and you do very often something that you go and you do on your own, you know, that's just, that's just for you. That is that thing that gives you solitude and clarity and peace and all of these types of things, or it gives you at least a place to, to give voice to all of the unsaid things, even to yourself, you know, what, what is that place that might already exist for you? And if you have one of those places, that's kind of a prayer. That's, that's an offering out there to, to hearing and understanding yourself and your place and all of these things on, on a deeper level. So I want to open that yeah, one he- up, Brandon. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I think when you're, when you're creating something, you're, you know, there's, well, I don't know. I mean, for me, let me go, let me, let me kind of talk about my process. Maybe this will help me get into this. For me, I always, well, I almost always have a vision, something in my mind. I'm very visual. And and I find that my art comes to me primarily through visuals. It might be cued by music or it might be cued by some environmental thing going on, but ultimately I begin to see it and then it begins to manifest in, in some form. And like, I think when you are inclined to tell a story, you don't always know why you have this like inclination to tell that story or maybe it's paint that painting or whatever it might be. But that inclination is not always understood. And I think that's kind of like part of prayer is dealing with things you don't understand. And I think that's something that like we're talking about kind of taking this word back in a more modernized and, and, and maybe more powerful way for people so they can use it again is to say like, look, I don't know if you believe in God or you believe in the universe. I mean, you might just say like, why are you showing me this? Why do you, why, why do you want me to see this? Um, or if you're just somebody who just thinks that you're, you know, it's coming through you or whatever. It's like, why do I want me to see this? Why, why am I, why am I bringing this up? Why is this happening? You know what I mean? And like that can be, that, that becomes uh, like prayer can be very much an investigation and it can also be like, Oh man, I really want to do this thing, but I don't know how prayer can be like, how do I do it? I really want to do it. How do I do it? And I think in our culture, one of the challenges that a lot of us face is that we're so distracted by everything, you know, like technology is so advanced and so profound at this level already. I mean, I can only imagine it where it's going to be in the future but it's just so easy to just have your attention just pulled in every direction by all this cool stuff. And, you know, the ability to just turn that off for even a minute and just sit with yourself and think like you can argue that that's what prayer is. Like prayer is an interrupt into all the distraction that is life. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, sometimes prayer can just be also, it's not even looking for answers or trying to want anything like that. Like if you say like, oh man, I wish, I wish I won the lottery. I wish this, that's prayer, man. That's what prayer is. Like prayer is like, oh man, it'd be so cool if this happened, you know, that's prayer. Um, but prayer can also just be a recognition of gratitude. Like, oh my God, you know, I'm so grateful to have this person in my life or this thing in my life or this experience or whatever. Mm. Like, like it's the same thing that someone does when they pray. Like when they pray, they might go, you know, thank you for giving me this thing. Thank you. Take care of this person in my life. Protect them. You know, um, I want them to make it through this hard thing they're going through. And I wish I could help them more, but I can't. And then people will reach out to God or something and they'll say, God, can you, can you do this for me? Can you help this person I love because they're struggling with cancer or something, you know, and people do that. Right. And, you know, when you have those inclinations inside of you, maybe you don't know where to direct it. Maybe you don't have God. Maybe you don't have any thing you're directing it to, but that intention is still, that's a prayer. That's a real energy you're trying to put out in the world. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I think that, I think it's time, you know what? I, that's what I've come to in this conversation. I think it's time. We just take back some of this shit, you know, let's mm -hmm. take back some of these old wisdoms, these old, ideas like they seem old and out of date to us but like let's just take them back and use them the way they were meant for and and something i'll just say one i know you're about to say something but one other thing i'll say is the people your age a hundred years ago were probably very similar to how you are today you, you they might not mm -hmm. see the world the way you see it because you're in a different time with different technology but they probably struggled with a lot of the same things you're struggling. They worked through a lot of the same things you're working through. So we shouldn't just deny all the wisdom that people of the past brought to us as though it was just, Oh, it's out of date and obsolete and doesn't matter. It's not relevant anymore. You know, they, they might have, have given us more wisdom than we realize. And they might've been dealing with distractions and things like that, that are very similar to the distractions we have today. They just look different mm -hmm. and prayer at one time very much, might have been, hey, let's just stop and be with each other and be with like gratitude and, and connect, you know, and that might be what it's about. So, you know, I think there's, I think it's time. That's what, that's what I've kind of come to is like, let's reframe this. Like, let's, let's stop pushing away and stop. It's almost like a kid defying their parents when their parents say like, hey, you know, you should do this. It'd be good for you. You shouldn't do that. It'll be bad for you. And then we're like, no, I'm going to do it my way, you know, but like, we shouldn't defy our elders and and our and the ancients uh, who gave us wisdom, so to speak, as though oh, like we know better now. Like that's yeah. very much a very uh, ignorant, naive thing to do. You know, it's like, well, what do I know about what you know? You know, maybe there's some because I believe we're not just connected in this time to all to each other, um, and then we actually see the world a lot more alike than we see it differently. But that our ancestors saw it a lot more alike than we do differently as well. And that we're connected to them in a greater way than we realize. Yeah, there's there's tremendous power to these things. And we would be foolish to ignore them completely. Anyway, this is like a bit of a side, side thought. But you know, when you think of our ancestors, in a way our ancestors you know, they had fewer distractions. And so there was a lot of, there was a lot of time to really think and ponder and contemplate a lot of sort of the nature of 
existence. And I mean, it's, it's fascinating where a lot of some of the most sort of perennial wisdoms came from a certain period of time from different, different corners of the world, right? Not that there weren't distractions, of course, and, 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 and as you're saying, I think that we're more alike to our ancestors than, than we're not, right? It's, I think a lot of the specifics of the time and place and technology, they're, they're all kind of window dressing to, you know, the, the larger question of what it is to be human. And, you know, you said something, Brandon, you mentioned something about, you know, when prayer and your deepest wish or something like this, you know, it's where you, you can go and you can, you can say the, the thing that you really want. And, you know, I think that it's one of those places where it's like, it's a place where all of our deepests go. It's, it's where, it's where you have a place to go and express the deepest fear, the deepest hope, the deepest shame, the deepest, you know, like all of those, all of the deepests that are just too much to be said to another human being <laughs> for us, you know, because there's still, there's still too much that's, we don't have clarity on that we're, we're just too unresolved on, but it's like, it's, it's a place where that can go. And whatever, however you think about that, there's, I think that even on, if we were to look at it just on a purely psychological level, we can probably acknowledge that there's this like, oh yeah, there's some real benefit to that. There's some real benefit to just being able to admit to something, to be able to, to express it, even if only it's to yourself right? This thing. And because then it's not something that's completely in the dark and something that we are completely ignorant to or or trying to push aside. It's us directly and voluntarily acknowledging something, right? Mm. I think that, you know, if if I were to offer any sort of perspective on the idea of prayer being offered to someone is that it's like, well, I think that, that it can be very helpful to think about, well, what if there was, what if there was this being who already knows all of these things about you, who already knows all of these secrets and, you know, loves you unconditionally despite it all. You know, it's, who's not going to tell any of these, these secrets to anybody, right? Like that's, I think that, again, there's a utility to thinking about it in that light, whether you believe it or not, right? Like uh, prayer in in quite a more literal sense is something that's very much a part of my own life. And I can say that like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'm praying to, who I'm praying to necessarily, but there's this aspect of it where it's like that the idea of that sort of the, there being the, the presence of this sort of being is helpful, you know, like it helps me to actually say the things to, a, to, to get into some of the things that I, I don't know if I would otherwise be able to access. So I think that, you know, in many ways that's part of the wisdom of it, whether it's like it, 
that's got nothing to do with what you believe in or not that I don't think it necessarily requires you to believe anything it it's simply a it's almost like a thought experiment it's almost like an as if which is something that actors work with a lot it's as if this was true try doing this as if this were the, if as if this were the actually the case what happens what would you be what would you be willing to say what would you be willing to acknowledge in this in this circumstance that you might not otherwise be able to right and and going into that with you know completely openly and vulnerably and 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 willingly and seeing what happens right i think that that's in many ways part of again the function of something like that you know something that that's very useful even taken outside of any sort of religious notions about it can we look at it just in terms of a, a al- almost a utilitarian kind of a way like there's a there is a serious i think human utility to this kind of practice you know what i mean that that's i think there for us and why i think is not something that the world has thrown away like and and in fact the world has not thrown away by a long shot <laughs> like most of the world i would say probably prays i'd be interested in finding some stats on that it's like how many people in the world pray in the in their lives you know i i it's probably not everybody but it's probably a lot <laughs> i would say the majority well there's there's a lot that i could i could comment on that i think um one thing we were talking about before the podcast started this episode i'd read something this week and it was uh, a series of like wisdoms that maybe you'll learn at a certain point in your life and one of them was um that whenever you're journaling you're praying and that really hit me because i have journaled for over 10 years in a row i've actually journaled for you know, I'm getting closer to 25 years than I am 20 years at this point. <laughs> I've journaled for mm-hmm. a long time, but I've every single day I've done uh, 10, 10 years in a row now, like um, every single day, right? And um, I was thinking about that comment that when you're journaling, you're praying. And I was like, it's so true. It actually is quite true because it's me. It's blocked out time. I'm working through my challenges. I'm working through my desires. I'm working through like what I want. I'm, I'm putting down my awarenesses. I'm processing my thoughts. I think all of that is all just undivided attention towards prayer and connecting and, you know, and I, I work out a lot of stuff through journaling and, you know, sometimes I have these ideas when I'm journaling and I'm like, where the hell did that come from? You know, and, you know, I'll let our audience ponder that one, but like, you know, undivided time with yourself to just be, you know, is that prayer? I mean, some people are, well, it's not really prayer. Like prayer is only when you kneel down and do this. It's like, well, maybe your definition of prayer is too limited. Maybe you're, you're, you're doing it more than you realize. Maybe, maybe like it's more accessible than you realize, you know, and maybe it's, um, maybe it's just an important part of like what helps you hear what you need to hear, you know, 
because like the world is going to be full of messages and people are going to tell you like, this is how you do this. And this is the way this should be done or shouldn't be done. And you're getting bombarded with that all the time. But I find when I stop and I'm just with myself, it gives me a chance to go like, do I agree with that? Do I think that's true? You know, like, and, and here's why I do. And here's why I don't. And like, okay. And I resolve something usually by the end of a journal entry, I give myself half an hour every day, at least that's kind of my, that's what I stick to. But you know, even if you gave yourself five minutes every day and you just said, you know, I want to come to a re resolution on a thought every day. I mean, is that not prayer? Is that an undivided attention with you connected to your higher self, your voice, you know, your like, what is that? Right. And I think, that, you know, I think like one of the lessons that I'm kind of walking away from this episode is, you know, it's just like you you have access to to your 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 own your own wisdom and authority and you might be confused and you might not know the answers but give yourself a chance to like sit with you and maybe figure out if you maybe do like you know it kind of goes back to our last episode you know you know more than you think you do um mm -hmm. and it's kind of true i mean it's like you really do. You know more than you think you know. And maybe you got to just give yourself a chance. And I'll further this point on art. Like art is so much about sitting with yourself, trying to create something, you know, especially if you're being like the visionary or the the, the, the creator of the thing, you know, is coming up with the idea. Um, you know, if you explore these things inside of yourself, you might realize you have more of a grip on this creative inclination that you have, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, like that is kind of prayer, right? That is like, you know, I just think this word prayer is more universal and it's it's more expansive than maybe we have, it's been presented to us. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it sounds like we're talking about prayer a lot. I feel like we really gripped onto that word. And we yeah. That word, but like, um, but there's something about that word that's been a great anchor for this conversation, you know? It's been a great way for us to um, kind of play with an idea to 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 think about how do we help each other and help others listen to their own heart a little bit more, you know, yeah. and trust themselves a little bit more and, and stop stop delegating all the authority of your life outward all the time, you know, um, yeah. to people, right? But if you maybe like delegated out to, you know, this either in higher internal self or God or the universe or, you know, just the ether of your existence, maybe that's a, maybe you're going to come up with some, something a little more genuine, a little more authentic and a little more real to you. Cause I can tell you like, everybody has an opinion. Like, you know, you talk to anybody and they'll tell you, oh, this is what I think this is what I think. But if you keep looking to what other people think. I mean, when are you ever going to hear your own voice? Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's kind of my question. I think like what we're talking about a little bit is like, sometimes maybe the answer is listening to your own voice and not listening to everyone else's, you know? Yeah. 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 I, we should probably wrap this one up here fairly soon, but the, you know, there's, yeah. I, there's a few other things that, uh, that, that come up for me and, one thing is, yeah, we did. We really did grab onto that word 
prayer. And in terms of finding words, it might have been good to have offered some other words for this thing. But I think that something like like inquiry or reflection or contemplation, you know, like these might be more secular type of words that that are not as offensive to some people's sensibility. So again, I hope if you're still with us and listening, you know, if if prayer was a, is a, is a word that you know sends chills down your spine, I, I hope that you found a a, a subst- an adequate substitute word in the meantime as we've been going into this and and get where we're coming from because neither of us are putting forward any sort of you know religious you know, assertions in this at all. Um, cause it's just not, it's just not who we are. But, uh, in terms of, as, as you were saying before, Brandon, like trying to, how do we claim some of these things back for ourselves and in, in a way that, that serves us and, and functions for us in, in a way that, you know, there was an original intention or a seed of something that, that was there to actually help us out. And the other thing that I, I wanted to say in terms of in terms of some of this and and <laughs> coming back to this word prayer, you know, there's an aspect to to it as well in my own understanding of humility. Right? There's this part of that whole thing of recognizing sort of our own limitations, right? Like where we're, we again, voluntarily almost humble ourselves, you know, and, and maybe more specifically where we are humbling our egos, you know, we are humbling this part of ourselves that just takes itself too seriously, (laughs) right? And, and wants to be a big deal. And, you know, that's another one of those, I think, wisdoms that has existed for a long time about, about learning to be truly humble in your life because there's a very strong correlation between that and having a joyful life. Because the truth is, is when you think about trying to be a big deal, when you think about, or if you are a big deal, trying to remain a big deal, Man, that's a lot of stress. That's a lot of of trying to hold up an image of yourself as opposed to letting that abandoning that whole idea of being a big deal. And you can really allow yourself to just be and just be the person that you are and that doesn't and and with that that doesn't mean because I think a lot of people hear that and they go and she's like oh okay so you know you never accomplish anything or achieve anything it's like no I don't think so at all I think that you actually give yourself a better chance at really accomplishing some pretty extraordinary things but the thing you you actually give yourself a better shot not just in accomplishing things but in staying in a sort of successful place because you're not consumed and pouring energy into trying to maintain some sort of an image of yourself during that whole process. If you remain humble in the whole process, you know, you can, 
you you can accept the things that come your way with with real and true gratitude and there's something about that like when when we see you know people who are very successful who are not just fake humble and fake grateful and and gracious like but who genu- genuinely come from that place and those are the kinds of people that we go just like I will follow you you know like I will f- like you are you are actually a living example because you're not full of shit you know and we can sense that that kind of thing so anyhow this is well it makes humi- you trustworthy yeah. humility makes you trustworthy because yeah. like none of us are perfect and I think that's the you know and humility but I think that's it's part also of the trust- reason why it's sorry go ahead no 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 you go ahead yeah i was i was just saying that yeah like but that because humility i again is is a is an an aspect an important ingredient to joy in our lives and you know like there's no faking real joy you know you can you can tell when a person's like really a genuinely joyful person and you know you can't hate a joyful person really like you can try really hard but you know, someone who's just <laughs> genuinely joyful, you just, there's typically a part of us that just goes like, oh, I want a little bit of what that, what they've got going on. You know, it's like, what, you know, what, what are they drinking? You know, I want some of what they, what they're on. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's Well, I would I argue for. that some people do hate joyful people. They but do, it's, but it's, it's, it's an envy situation. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they're out there. Mm. yeah yeah <laughs> um okay well let's let's wrap this one up this has been fun let's man. Do it. um i'll go first on the beer i'm having uh, another one from red collar brewing co and uh this one's called cascada cascada and it's a pilsner it's um it's been good it's uh i don't know i mean it's 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 strange it's like um it's different. I don't know. It's it's a pretty good pilsner. It's it's got a a good taste to it. I I don't even know what I think about it. I'm I'm gonna just say that I like it. Um, it's not standout to me necessarily. It's weird because I feel like I feel like sometimes when you when you don't like go oh this beer is awesome like we're not doing an ad here we're just having beers and we're having a conversation that's the whole point. But um I wouldn't I don't even know what to say. I mean I'm just feeling like. I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. It's been a good beer. I wouldn't want to overpromise, but um, it's definitely. Let's put it this way: it's a fulfilling pilsner. It's been <laughs> good, you know. And you know, I don't always have pilsners, but it's been a good, tasty little beer, and it's been good for this conversation. So, I, I have really, I have enjoyed everything I've had from Red Collar Brewing. I will say that. So every beer they've they've that I've had, which has been a few now, has been really good, and I'm um quite happy with their selection. So, yeah, um, there you go. That's what I'm having. Beautiful. I'm drinking Phillips Cold Snap, which is a Kolsch. So, yeah, just a nice, light, crisp, European-style refreshing kind of a kind of a beer, and it's it's great. I you know I love a Kolsch. I think it might be actually be my favorite of all the sort of lighter beer options that's out there. It's got just a little something, they got a little something more to them. I don't know what exactly it is, but 
It's great. It's great. Nice. I like it. Nice. So. All right. Well, uh, closing all right. Well, closing this one you want to off. Re- you have closing thoughts or do you want, want me to go first? Well, why don't you head head if I get a sense that maybe you've got got something I don't, got but some, no. I, will, I will go first. <laughs> well, you know, um oh man. It's a, as I've gone through this conversation with you, I think I think what I would just say to people is like give yourself credit. Um maybe to carve out some time to be with you and you know, I, I don't know, like, I feel like I said a lot of what my closing thoughts were already. So I, I don't want to like hang out too long in this, but I would say it might be good just to like write it out. And if not write it out, think it out. Like, what are my deep desires? What do I really want? What am I really struggling with? You know, who do I really care about? What am I really grateful for? You know, I would, you know, you know, maybe, maybe just start a practice of that, you know? Maybe it's just before you go to bed. Maybe it's right when you wake up. I don't know. Um, maybe it's somewhere in the middle of the day. I don't know. But find some time to just be with you and like think about your deep desires. Think about your deep challenges. Um, you know, maybe try to find some solutions or pursue an idea. Um, maybe it's something like, you know, just think about what you feel is out of totally out of reach and you wish for, you know, and I think if you do that, you're going to begin to get more of an intimate connection with your deeper sense of self, which I don't think will will be a bad investment of your time. I think that's a very good investment of energy. And you don't have to go over the, you know, you know, it doesn't have to be this big, massive thing, even if it's just a minute or a few minutes every day. I mean, that would be better than nothing. And, and I think that, you know, I'll just finish with this thought. I think you deserve it. I think you, I, 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 you know, the big lesson I think that I've realized I've kind of gone through life is people don't really realize that like they're as valuable and incredible as they are. And I think it's kind of sad. And I think like, it's not an ego thing. It's not about arrogance. It's just like, yeah, like you're a human being doing life, doing the best you can, probably working, probably care about some people. You know, maybe you made some mistakes in life, but you're doing it. You're trying. And like, I just think like, you know, like you're doing it, man. You know, you're doing it. Like, so just give yourself a little bit of love, you know, and a little bit of attention. And like, it's, you know, maybe, maybe you fucked up a lot, but like, it's okay. You have wishes and and desires and maybe you want to be better. That's great. And explore that. I'd love you to, you know? And um, I really think that, we can we can change turn it around. We can change at any time. We can we, we can turn on a dime. And anything's possible. And uh, if you feel like you're out of the game, you know that's a good time to pray. That's a good time to just be with yourself. A good time to meditate. A good time to, you know, connect with you and go. You know, I want better for myself. Okay, what do you want? What do you want that would be better for yourself? And just explore that. And, and maybe you can start making that a possibility. Yeah. You know, you're talking about like the things that you wish for and, and, you know, that's something that I actually don't spend enough time with. It's like, what would, like, what would I really just truly wish for at this time in my life? And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and have to spend some time with that one. So thanks, Brandon. I appreciate that. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) But 
Yeah, I, I think that in in this conversation, like in terms of walking away from it and takeaways from this conversation is like for myself, it's really illustrated. Yeah, just like the importance of certain practices that that I already do pretty regularly, but it's really given me a, a greater appreciation for some of these things. And what is it that I'm really doing when I'm, I'm engaged in these things. And I think for anyone listening, it's like, yeah, like find, find that, that thing, that place where, where you do hear those things that you need to hear the most, you know, that come from that, that voice, wherever you sense where that voice comes from, right? Whether it's from deep within yourself, you know, and whatever the hell that is to you, or maybe it's coming from, you know, from, from a wise being out in the, out in the ethers for you. Like it's, it's, it, it doesn't really, it, that doesn't really matter, you know, work with what works for you in terms of that. But there's no getting around the importance of this kind of engagement in our lives and with ourselves. And there's, there's, it's so important. It's so important for us to find the ways and the practices that help us just connect and hear those things. Because otherwise we're just, we're just floating, getting, getting blown around by the desires and the wishes and the wants and not all of them are benevolent for you, you know, and, and we're, we're just getting influenced by those things all the time. We need to, we need to find the space for us to connect to this thing that we are. So find those things, find those things. And and there's so many ways to, to do it. And I'm sure that, you know, we've thrown some things out there and maybe there's some things that, that, you do that we haven't said or or some things that come to mind like i encourage you to explore those things because they're just they're they're so important and and again pay attention as well to the things that to the things that you find yourself so often saying to others because so often those are that's a message that's continuing to come in that's actually for you <laughs> so true so pay attention to those things, find the practices for yourself, and yeah, just just continue, find the place where all of your deepests go. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.